if you're outside your comfort zone, you're doing it right. Ooh. And that is the essence, in my opinion, of having an adventurous life. Yeah. <laughs> you're gonna be outside your comfort zone most of the time. And that, my friends, is what makes you feel alive. Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Frugal Fit Mom podcast. Today's episode is going to feature an interesting question I got on Instagram responding to an event that just happened. And I thought because it had to do with our family that my husband Dave would be a great person to have on the show with me today. Dave, hello. Hello. Before we get into where this question came from and what we're going to talk about, I did want to say that we do release new episodes of the podcast every Tuesday. It is available anywhere that you listen to podcasts as well as on YouTube. If you want to watch the video version, it's available there too. You can subscribe. Leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform because it helps other people find us. We're pretty new. And if you have a topic that you think would be great on a podcast, you can DM me at frugalfitmom6. It's actually where I have several of my podcast topics in the bank that we are going to be recording very, very soon. I'm really excited about this one. <laughs> I already kind of told him about it. So here's the background. I took a day and took my youngest son skiing. Ryan is 11 years old and him and I went skiing for the day. And I posted a few pictures and videos on Instagram. Okay, there's the background. Everybody else was busy. Ryan, as the youngest, tends to get left behind quite a bit. He doesn't work. He does a lot fewer sports. He doesn't have teenage friend groups he hangs out with. So I feel like he is home alone a lot. And I'm trying to be aware of that. So he's not like, okay, another day that I'm alone. You know, <laughs> nothing to do. And so I'm like, well, we need to create some special memories with him. So that's what we did and I posted about it. Okay. I got this, I think it was a DM actually, or a comment. I, it was a comment. It was a comment on Instagram and it said, wow, you have an adventurous life. I know you save money on certain things. How are you able to do all of the adventures you post? There is so much to unpack here. This is what, <laughs> this is why I'm glad we're doing a podcast episode because on the surface might look like we went skiing. We take our kids skiing all the time. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I don't really know what it looks like on the surface, but I think this is so fascinating. Maybe the perception that people have of what it looks like to be outdoorsy, I guess you could say. When she says adventurous, I think that's what she's saying, that we're outdoorsy and we go out and do things. Um, what an adventurous life. So I thought it'd be really interesting to dive into this topic, how we got here and maybe how you could do the same. So. To kick it off, I think it's really important to note where I live. Location is really important. Really important <clears throat> because we have lived in places like Dallas that uh, do not lend itself to an outdoorsy, quote, adventurous life unless you're traveling a great distance. And we have lived in places like coastal North Carolina where, like, that's what you do. You go to the beach. And we didn't spend any money going to the beach. No, we sure didn't. But we would go because that's what there was. So there is something to be said about location. Where we live now is not a big town. There's nothing else to really do besides I mean, go spend time in the mountains. That's, it's so true. Like we don't get concerts and, and plays and there's not great places to eat. Like that's, there's not great shopping. That's not what you do here. We live by the mountains, by national parks that's what you do. If you want to do something, <laughs> that's what's available. So I think that's super important. If you don't live in a place that has that close by, that can seem very challenging. Right. Every place we've lived has had their own special things. Yes. Texas was actually really good for running and cycling. Road cycling. Road cycling. Not mountain biking. They didn't have that. There was a few little mountain biking things here and there. But not much. We weren't into it that much then. 
<laughs> no, yeah, in Texas is a huge road cycling community, which was awesome. But we didn't live close to like the Gulf or, or anything. I mean, Dallas is city living at its finest. Right. Great restaurants, <clears throat> great music, great concerts, great plays. Right. And that's what you did there. Well, we didn't do very much because those cost money. We didn't have money back then. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, so location is really important. Mm -hmm. What's the next thing? I think the next thing is thinking that it's unattainable or that it has to be expensive. You could go either way there. What do you think? Sure. So let's talk about the expenses of the adventurous lifestyle that we live. Okay. Yeah, sure. Some people think it's really expensive. <laughs> let's, let's do hiking as a, as a starter. Cause I feel like hiking is pretty open for anyone who wants to do it. There's a variety of lengths, difficulties. You can do it with young children. We did, and you can get all of that information on an app like all trails. You can use it on your computer for free. You can use the app trail forks also that have all of this information, how long it is, how hard it is, reviews, pictures. And here's the secret to hiking is hiking is walking. <laughs> okay. Like if you're able to walk <clears throat> on a road, most likely you can also do a simple short hike. You mean you don't have to have like all the special gear? No, you do not. I mean, you might look cute if you have all the special gear, but you totally don't. You just need a pair of shoes and the will to go. Right. Most of the places we go are free. They have free hikes everywhere. Another option are state parks, which are very inexpensive. We've done a few state parks in Utah, which like $10 for a week. Mm -hmm. In Idaho, we get a state parks pass with our car registration. It's $20 for two years. For unlimited state parks pass. <laughs> unlimited, so you can go for essentially <clears throat> nothing. And then let's do national parks, because that's a really popular one. You can pay $80 for an entire year if you're not a senior or veteran, I think military, mm -hmm. um, military gets a special discount also, but we pay $80 for one year, all national parks, either Dave can use it or I can use it. It gets the whole car in for free. And to go back to the location for a second, mm -hmm. we live next to two of the most famous national parks in the U S it's a day trip. A, yes. Within two hours, we could be in Yellowstone or Grand Teton national park. Yes. A few more hours. I think Utah's got seven or eight national parks. They've got the mighty five, which are like the big ones that people always try and hit. Yeah. You tack on a few more hours. We can hit the mighty five. No sweat. We can get up to glacier in like six, seven hours. There are within a, within a one day's drive. Mm -hmm. I think there's almost a dozen national parks that we can go to and we take advantage. Yeah. So if you break down $80 over the course of an entire year, that's less than people pay for their Netflix subscription. Yeah. <laughs> and then once you have the pass, what else do you need? A desire and the willingness to go. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So we, we did the money. I think we've taken care of like hiking in and of itself is not expensive. You just go. Yeah. It's so good for you. Oh, for sure. For I, sure. I get such a kick out of going to some of these places that my own two legs can take me. I, <laughs> At church today, mm -hmm. Rachel was like, oh, hey, I saw you're doing all these crazy hikes in the snow or I don't know. I was like, what are you talking about? I'm not hiking in the snow. Are you talking about like the hiking we did in St. George over Christmas? She's like, yeah, that's so great. And I think I said to her when I hike, it's when everything makes sense. And she made a joke and she was like, well, when I'm in my bed, everything makes sense. <laughs> right? <laughs> which was really funny, but I was like, let me clarify. Let me clarify. When I'm out in nature where few other people go, I feel alive. Mm -hmm. There's no other place <clears throat> I go that makes me feel more alive. Okay. So going back to the questions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
There was something else that she said that I wanted to tackle. Okay, let me pull it back up. She made it look like we just got here overnight. Okay, how are you able to do all of the adventures you post? How? How? Like, how do we get there? And so there's a lot to unpack there. I want to talk about one of them, which is it may look like we just started doing, like we can just do these overnight or something. I don't know. Yeah, I, I bet if you base our entire lives off of what you see now, you would probably think, wow, they're so adventurous and crazy, but it wasn't always like that. We started really small. We started really small. When the kids were really little, we worked at a Boy Scout camp outside of Yellowstone. We spent every weekend going to Yellowstone, hiking. We didn't have very good gear. We had like this no. little snuggly backpack. It was and like throw 20, the kids in there. Twenty dollars. It was like twenty dollars. And we did short hikes. <clears throat> so you were you did not grow up exactly that way. You guys did a lot of camping stuff. Yeah, yeah, we did camping. But, but I grew up in a city. When I told you we were gonna go live at Boy Scout camp or we're gonna hike and take the kids on all these hikes all the time. Did you think I was crazy? Like, what did you the, think? No, not the hiking, because I, I had done hiking as a kid and I've always liked it. Because my vacations as a kid were camping, so that was fine for me. But as a mom of young kids, did you think I was nuts trying to like take all the young kids to go I don't hiking? Know. No, no, not at all. Okay. Um, because I'm kind of a... I was just about to say I'm kind of an adventurous person. <laughs> 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 which was the whole topic okay so there is something to be said for that i like doing things out of the ordinary yes i like breaking the day-to-day -day routine you know, so you know something? what that's why i married you is it really that's the secret absolutely you did not know this i just thought you thought i was cute and sassy oh i liked all those things too <laughs> <laughs> some days i like still, the sass still cute Maybe a little too sassy now. <laughs> Some days I like the sassy more than others. <laughs> but no, I always wanted to have an adventurous life. I wanted somebody that would be willing to go on adventures with me and wouldn't just balk at the idea of me taking our family out into nature and going camping or hiking or whatever it might be. I wanted somebody that was up for the fun. And I am up for the fun. I think anyone that knows me in real life yeah. knows that I am up for it. Maybe I don't always come up with the idea, but if you throw it out there, I will jump on that train. So I didn't, I didn't, looking back on it, the Boy Scout camp was so long ago that I don't know what I was thinking, except that sounds like a fun adventure. <laughs> we'll figure it out when we get there. That's kind of like where I was. But to go back to like, maybe it seems unattainable to some people, is that you can start super, super small. Yes. I am telling you, if, if there's one thing you can take away from this podcast is please go get All Trails, the app or on your computer and look up popular hikes near me. Mm -hmm. And it will list every, how to get there, what it looks like, if you can take dogs or not, if it's kid friendly, mm -hmm. like how far it, how far the hike is, how hard it is. How it's much elevation gain. Elevation gain, the, everything. The, the distance now. I used to look up hikes. You could, I actually filtered by distance when we were, when our kids were younger. We never did more than four miles. Ever. And I spent, I spent Sundays <laughs> a lot of the time at church, like <laughs> filtering out and exploring the map to find out, okay, what are the next three or four trails mm -hmm. I really want to take the family on? Okay. Yeah. And I would do that a couple times a month or so. And then I would just say, okay, let's plan out one mm -hmm. or two. And that's how we started simple. And Honestly, think about some of those hikes, those first hikes that we used to do. They were short. One, two, three mile hikes. There's one here that's very short. It's like a one mile loop. And there is some elevation, so it's a little challenging. When we first moved here, the kids were small. Like Haley was eight or nine mm -hmm. and Ryan wasn't even two yet. So we had four very, very small kids and we made that a whole day trip. 
like the one mile loop was a whole day trip. We drove 10 minutes. We took pictures and took our time and let the kids like play in the stream and with sticks or whatever. It was only one mile. Yeah. You don't mean need to be doing 10 mile backpacking overnighters or anything like that. No. Like day one. No, it, it can be super, super easy. Okay. We've done the hiking a little bit. Let's uh, switch over to mountain biking because I feel like that one maybe feels scarier to people. There's a lot than, of gear involved than the hiking. So once again, let's go way, way back. The mountain biking is recent. Yeah. It's really, really <clears throat> recent. Since we moved back to Idaho. But even more recent than that for me, you know, cause I'm the one posting about this kind of stuff. So let's go back to when we first moved to Idaho, like nine years ago, mm -hmm. we would go to the state park because they have like a double track, easy, like trail. We borrowed a bike trailer from a friend that would house two kids. And then the other two kids were on these rinky dinky, like, I think like just Walmart bikes but I don't even think I bought them at Walmart. I think I bought them from the neighbor for 10 bucks. I, was say, I, don't, even think, I don't even think they changed gears. No, they didn't change gears <laughs> at all. Um, I had a Walmart bike or I borrowed, well, I don't even remember where my bike came from. And then- I got yours from on the Facebook marketplace. It was a used Walmart bike. Yeah, so I just had some kind of Walmart bike or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then you had an actual mountain bike, but it was like the lowest, most entry beginner level mountain bike you could get. It was a GT Avalanche. I think it was $400 and it was your Christmas present a few years before. Mm -hmm. And you know, we just like piled us all in and it took an entire day to like go out and situate everyone and have snacks. And we probably only rode five miles. Yeah. But I have, I have pictures from that day. It was so much fun. And that creates in your kids this love for adventure and trying new things that are scary that you don't, like, we're not sure how these things are going to work when we do them. We're just like, well, let's just go out and see what happens. Do you remember, so I remember this one, that right after we finished that first time, we decided to go back again and we made a plan to take your mom. Yes, yes, she had the best time. And I took, the little camp stove and griddle and we got done with the whole thing and then like grilled up hamburgers up there we did at the and had a little tables. picnic uh-huh we did and i i still remember that to this day it was a lot of fun it was a great day my mom rented her bike mm -hmm. that oh, day that's right. remember so she got a full suspension and i was riding a hardtail this was hilarious this is etched in my brain we're going doing this downhill section and it was a few years ago so my mom was a little more adventurous back then she's more cautious now but we're going down this hill and my mom blows by me going down the hill and she screams hardtails are for pansies. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's like, it's a, such a core memory <clears throat> for me. Okay. So as far as the mountain biking goes, once again, we started really, really simple, a state park, like there's, there's rails to trails everywhere. You can look those up online. I mean, with the internet now, I feel like this is so easy to find out where you can go. Right after we did that, you ended up, not right after, but maybe a year or two after, you got me one of those single track trailers for Ryan. The, the Wii Ride. The Wii Ride. That was an excellent purchase. And I started going on some single tracks mm -hmm. with the kids. Yes. And I remember hauling Ryan's butt. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you gotta pedal to help. <laughs> He didn't. And we rode the Sidewinder Trail, which you and I ride yes. now all the time. Yes, it, that's a hard trail. I think it took us two hours and we only got like a mile and a half up. <laughs> Listen, the boys were all like, Dad, this is the hardest thing we've ever done. And I was like, 
huffing and puffing. I'm hauling a 90 pound kid behind me. It was adventurous, right? Yeah, it was. Not every ride turned out great. No, no, it doesn't. Not every hike has turned out great. I have made a lot of errors over the years picking the wrong trails. So if there's anything I would say to anybody is just go try something and recognize you're going to make a lot of mistakes, but try to pick easy trails, especially if you've got young kids or somebody who's not so adventurous, or even if you yourself are not adventurous, uh, start easy. I want to talk about the skiing that prompted this comment because I feel like in this world of social media, you don't see every step of it. So we're not skiers necessarily. Like Dave and I snowboarded in college a little bit. Like uh, three times a season. Right, but our <laughs> kids like don't, don't really ski. They're not good at it. And Ryan in particular, this was his first time. He's never been. He's never been. And what's cool about where we live is when you're in middle school, you get a free Idaho lift tickets for three times at Idaho resorts. So I'm like, well, this is going to be amazing. You know, and if you pick a specific lift at the resort I was at, it's like a third of the price of the regular lift ticket. There's a way to do this inexpensively and it's really close. <laughs> we live really close to ski resorts. So I'm getting ready to do this thing. I had planned on it all week and there were at least 10 different moments that I almost quit and mm -hmm. didn't, and didn't go. It was the night before it was when I was trying to pull out, Haley's old skis from five years ago and I couldn't find the right boots and they weren't they didn't fit I couldn't find anything that fit Ryan and he couldn't find ski pants and I couldn't find my ski pants and then I didn't have boots that fit me and I get everything in the car it's later than I want it to be I'm driving up the resort and there's a line of cars winding up this mountain road <laughs> and I'm like oh no <laughs> right what have I done what have I done and I get I have to park so far I'm like the last open parking spot it was so busy so were you regretting it like were you like there was multiple times you almost didn't go there were so many moments that I almost turned around and went home before we <laughs> even got started and I get into the line to go to the ticket booth because with his pass I got to go get his card for the day right even though we didn't pay for it and the line oh my gosh I stood in line for 40 minutes outside waiting for the ticket booth thinking this is such a waste of time wow it was really busy and then <laughs> We go up the bunny hill. It's not the bunny hill. It's the kid. It's the kid zone, which actually has a good number of runs for beginners. And I can't tell you how many times Ryan fell. Yeah. I can't tell you how long it took to come down a half a mile run. Well, you could tell us, but it would be uh, like reliving there, some nightmares. There were tears. It ended up fine. Yeah. Okay. The point is I didn't know what it was going to be. I learned as I went, I tried it anyway. We didn't give up and I gave Ryan an opportunity to do something really hard and new and different. And by the end of the day, he was having fun and was quite a bit more confident and learned some stuff along the way. And we had an adventure together. For sure. And I was so proud of you for doing it too. <laughs> were you really? I thought you were like, well, cause I didn't <sighs> want to teach him how to ski. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair. I didn't teach him how to ski. I taught him how to stop, which, you know, I don't know that he can stop very well, but right. at least he can <clears throat> slow himself down and I'm trying to teach him how to turn. That's all we worked on stopping and turning. Is he competent at those things? I would not say yes to that, Right. but he can get back up when he falls now. <laughs> <laughs> that's half the battle. And that's half the battle. And he can do basically any run in the kids section now, which is great. I wanted to revisit some of the, the budgetary aspects, the financial aspects of this. Okay. His skis, we got, at Sneagrab, which is right. bargain spelled backward yeah. in Salt Lake. And they had like 
And that was like four or five years five ago. Five years ago, it was $100 for the whole set. It was a $100 package to get all these, like, to get a used ski package and skis, boots, poles. They have been through three kids now. They've been through three, three, <laughs> three kids? Three kids, yeah. So, once again, it looks like we just go skiing. <laughs> right, right. Like, if you look at the price of skis, you're like, how do they even <clears throat> do that? There's ways around all of the expensive costs, uh, especially if you live in a place locally where people do that. They do ski swaps here the all the time, every year. Yeah. Multiple ones. So, like, you can sell your old gear and get new gear for the same price. People are always trying to get rid of their old gear. They try it, they don't like it, they sell it. And that's how we've been able to do mountain biking mm -hmm. and skiing and all these other things we just take one year at a time the kids keep growing so we just buy used things mm -hmm. and we continually just kind of rotate and churn all the equipment until you know so that it meets our needs for the time being when it comes to the mountain biking i would say that's the most expensive yeah. of all of the things that we do and like you said there's ways around that there's ways you can get used items one thing that was really awesome this won't work for everybody is andrew wanted a new bike and Andrew has a unique skill set in that he is very competent in bike working, working on bikes. Bike, bike maintenance. Bike maintenance, bike tune-ups, bike fixes. Which he, he gained because we kept buying so many used bikes and I had to teach him so that we could keep whatever kind of cheap bike that we bought maintained so he could ride. Exactly, exactly. So what he did, <clears throat> so all the local bike shops charge about $90 for a standard tune-up, no fixes. Yeah. So Andrew made some flyers, took them around the community. I think he only charged $25 for a tune-up, and then he would fix things with a small uh, labor fee plus parts. And he was able to earn enough money to buy his own bike. So not only was he able to get word out, he started his own business, essentially. Learned how to deal with customers, learned how to communicate, and <clears throat> made more money than he makes at his current restaurant job now, like hourly, and gave a deal to everybody else. Like, you yeah. take your bike to any bike shop and pay $90, you could pay my son 25. That's been a really nice addition because now we don't have to buy his bikes. <laughs> <laughs> right. So Andrew saved all of his money and purchased his own bike. Yeah. Used. Was yes. It, he bought a used bike. He bought off, a used bike. Off of the marketplace. But, but the guy had only, had only used it one day. <laughs> right. And the great thing about knowing bikes is you know what to look for and you can still fix anything you want. Yeah. Honestly, we've been doing this biking thing now for six or seven years. I'm new. I'm not, I haven't been going that long. But what I'm saying is it's been six or seven years of practice and knowing, getting into this world to know how to turn these bikes mm -hmm. and, and turn them into functional equipment for us. Right. And so we've gathered one little piece of equipment every year. It's not like we just went out and bought seven or six bikes and a bike rack because that would set us back so much money. <gasps> oh my gosh. Could you imagine? So you do, you do what you can with what you have and you enjoy it for the time being. And maybe mm -hmm. if you keep liking it, you put more time and money into it. And if you don't like it, you don't put all your time and money there. That's all there is to it. <laughs> yeah, true. When you see comments like that, they make it like the, the magic of the internet and Instagram and YouTube make it look like all these things just happen for us. Yeah, or, or like it, it's easy. It's, and, it's, and it's not, it's it, anything but. It's been a process. It has. So a good friend of mine posted this on Strava for her workout yesterday. She's training for an ultra marathon. And I really liked some of the things that she said and I thought they applied to this topic I agree. really, really <clears throat> well. So number one, she said, your dreams are your responsibility. 
So if you want to have an adventurous life, like if you want to go hike or go ski or try a mountain bike or something like that, you, you can. Like, you can do that. Nobody is stopping you. And no one's going to make it happen for you. And yes, that, that, was, that was the next one. You need to take action. Like, nobody will do this for you. Um, you just have to take a step into the unknown. That's a song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, the skiing thing, I'm telling you guys. I was very unsure about how the whole thing was going to work. The whole day. I was like, I don't know if Ryan's going to figure this out quickly. He yeah. didn't. You know, I didn't know how busy it was going to be. Really busy. It took forever to do, but I learned so much in the process that I feel more prepared for next time. So sometimes you just have to go out into things you don't know and you don't understand and just see what they're going to be. Be willing to look a little foolish. Yes, you have to be willing to look foolish. You know what Ben Bergeron says, take massive action. Massive action, okay. I've, I've heard that phrase multiple times in a lot of the motivational books and podcasts I listen to. And I like that idea of massive action. Like sometimes you don't just kind of tinker in it. Sometimes if you really want to change something, you have to do something drastic to make it happen. So true. So that kind of goes along with this one. Another thing she said, if you don't feel ready, do it anyway. Oh, so. And, and that was totally me on the skiing. That's been me on mountain biking in the last two years. That kind of goes in the face of what I just said, though. I like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to take massive action. Sometimes you just need to take any action. Any action at all is better than no action. And the last one that I absolutely love, if you're outside your comfort zone, you're doing it right. Ooh. And that is the essence, in my opinion, of having an adventurous life. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to be outside your comfort zone most of the time. And that, my friends, is what makes you feel alive. Yeah. I think the thing I love about our adventurous lifestyle is we try to do the best we can to plan some of these activities, mm -hmm. but ultimately we're out in nature and anything could happen. So true. And that's actually the thing I love the most. Because right, the, ki the kids and you, you guys don't know that everything's going to turn out great. No, I, no, I don't know. We just hope. We just hope they and do. We plan for we plan for contingencies. So true. I think my message today at the end of it is it's not as perfect as social media makes it look. Right. Okay. And it is available based on where you live. Okay. If you want to do it, you just go do it. It is as simple as that. It really is. Pick a Saturday. And if you live close to places like we do, it doesn't have to be a Saturday. It'd be a Tuesday night. Get home from work, throw your tennis shoes on and go for a walk slash hike or a run or a ride or a ride. Call up a friend, try something new. And there's all sorts of places you can rent equipment if you don't want to. Like you could just really get in without having to invest tons of money. Or from, borrow from a friend. Borrow from a friend. I think that's going to wrap this one <clears> up. I love it. I love it too. I just, I just think it's available to anybody. It's why I like the lifestyle because pretty much anybody can do it. What do you, what do you really like the most about the adventurous lifestyle that we've created? Well, like I said before, I get very bored with the same old, same old. I like changing it up. It's much like I like rearranging furniture. Like I just need it to be different and new and fresh and exciting. Yeah. And it's a way to have my life be fresh and new and exciting. Even if all I'm doing is hiking, if I'm hiking in a different spot or with a different person or in different weather, it's a different experience always. And like I said to my friend Rachel today, that is when I feel most alive, most content, most inspired. I'm the same way. I, I do feel more alive and inspired there. Mm -hmm. But I was going to say, if I'd add anything to what you just said, I was going to add being in those scenarios, in the adventurous scenarios that we put ourselves into, it provides opportunities and sometimes even forces me to teach the kids. Mm -hmm. 
sometimes it gets so easy to just sit around the house and we're all doing our own thing. Mm -hmm. But when you get out there and the kids are a little bit more on their own and you see that, like you see in real time what their reactions are and there's no other distractions because we're just riding a bike or we're just hiking. Right. That right. we can talk through, hey, how can we do a better job at preparing for this thing? Or how can we react or respond better? And I guess, I guess I like the teaching moments. They present themselves so much differently out on adventures than they do when we're in the house. It's afforded a good opportunity to create relationships with my kids in a way that you won't watching movies. Yeah. Not to say I don't enjoy watching movies with my kids. We do both. I do both. Yeah. But the one takes a lot more effort, right? Like it's easy. Oh, for sure. The default in the house is easy to sit around the house and eat dinner or watch a movie with each other. It takes a lot more effort and planning to go out and do the adventurous things. But you can do it. If you, if you want to do it, you can do it. I love that you are willing to let me do it. Speaking of dinner. Let's go eat. I think it's time for a little snack. So we're going to leave it there for today. Thanks so much for leaving the comment that inspired this podcast. I, I like comments like that because it helps us break down maybe some of the questions that you have. So thank you for listening today or watching if you're watching on YouTube and excited to chat a little bit more next week. Yeah. All right.